and thank you for tuning in to the Hearts Unleashed podcast, where we are turning dreamers into doers. If you are a returning listener to the Sex and Intimacy series, I'd love to invite you to skip over to the 10 minute and 10 second mark where the intro ends. I am including the intro. If you are a new listener, this is the first episode you're hearing of the Sex and Intimacy series. I'd love you to listen to that 11 minute intro before diving into the content. But again, if you're returning, feel free to skip over. The topic comes right after the intro, but I really want to introduce myself and why this topic is so important, who we're speaking to, the fact that it is a mature audience conversation. So if you're new, dive in. If you're returning, thank you so much. I love you. Please share. Go ahead and dive into about 12 minutes. All right. Love you guys. Enjoy. Hi, you guys. It is such a pleasure to welcome you to the Sex and Intimacy series on the Hearts Unleashed podcast. I have been formulating this series for months now. I did not know it at first, but in my process and progress, this has really come to take shape, structure, and form and is now ready to be delivered to you. My name is Abigail Gazda, and I'm a clarity coach, helping you operate with more freedom, power, and self-expression in every area of your life. In my career as a coach and educator, I have coached men, women, couples, young people, and large and small groups. I have even taught middle and high school physical education and health. During my years in the classroom, I was often the go-to teacher and coach for the age-appropriate version of sex and intimacy for my students. I taught children and teens about puberty, menstruation, sex, STDs, pregnancy, parenthood, consent, non-consent. I talked to kids about suicidal thoughts and self-harm. You guys, they shared circumstances with me that made me want to adopt them in the moment. I walked them through healthy coping mechanisms and empowered living strategies. I taught them clear and direct communication. I supported them in helping their own friends and family through troubling times. I've supported many people of all ages come out of closets of all types. I have explored the hearts and minds of many as they have learned to master and unleash them. As a teacher, I did not know how to source and manage my own energy. Therefore, my time as an educator and coach was the most exhausted I ever remember being. I felt completely drained most of the time, and even the good times didn't keep me inflated enough. I felt completely drained most of the time, and the good times didn't even keep me inflated enough to get to the next win. That does not at all mean that this time wasn't some of the most rewarding work I have ever done. Making a difference in the lives of children has been some of the deepest soul work I have ever experienced. Even in my life coaching career, I have formulated age-appropriate empowerment curriculum that I truly intend to bring to the market in this decade. Until then, I aspire to empower teachers by teaching them how to source, manage, and transmute their energies in ways that have you feeling fulfilled, accomplished, and inspired. I know that once our teachers are enlivened and empowered, bringing a powerful curriculum to the classrooms will be fast, fun, and effortless. We need your perspective. We need your feedback. 
We need your participation. We need your collaboration to recalibrate what we offer children in the classroom and beyond. This isn't exactly just teachers either. This is the collective of adults raising our children in the education system. Nurses, administrators, school psychologists, counselors, paraprofessionals, bus drivers, custodial staff, coaches, meal providers, office staff, athletic trainers, deans, directors, sponsors, booster and PTA parents, and more. There is an entire force of responsible, loving humans dedicating their life to developing our future, and they are grossly under-celebrated and most importantly, under-supported. Because of my commitment to educational professionals being supported, I want to do something crazy and host a program that I have not personally hosted since March of 2018. My Hearts Unleashed Book Club is a six-week self-discovery program for readers of my book, Giving Up, Giving Up, The Memoir of a Quitter. In this book club, you get to read and discuss the book with the author, me. (laughs) The last time I did this book club in 2018, tickets were $97. What I am feeling super inspired to do is that if you are an educational professional, male or female, I will do a little bit of elementary subtraction on your seat in the Hearts Unleashed book club and bring it down to $47. You guys, that is six one-hour group coaching calls with a life coach about her book. Did I mention that the book also has reflection questions at the ends of most chapters for your journaling pleasure? I mean, (laughs) this can't get much better. (laughs) In my book, I talk about giving up what no longer serves you in order to restore your energy and feel fulfilled doing purpose-based work that you know you love. I am ready for you to be passionate about teaching again so that you can show up for your kids fully. That said, This Hearts Unleashed podcast, Sex and Intimacy series, is a great place to find out if we are speaking the same language and if working together would meet your current needs. I'll be straight with you, though. Health and wellness class with Miss Gazda is a serious one. (laughs) I can't even say it seriously. But honestly, I do not take teaching this information lightly because I am very aware that so many of us have not been talked to honestly about this topic. I found this very true when opening the discussion with a group of sophomores and telling them, listen, I want you to ask me the honest questions that you have so I can get you the answers that you need. You are not going to shock me, scare me, or knock me off my rocker. It is the same as asking a doctor. I am a professional and I intend to educate you on the topics that you have questions about. I want you to ask the questions that you're afraid to ask your loved ones because I don't want you to go finding the answers out the hard way if you don't have to. Please ask the questions that you need and know that there is no shame or judgment coming from here. Listeners, I told that to high schoolers and they understood it. I found this so incredibly important to explain to them because I knew I wanted to make a true difference in their life, not in my classroom. I operated with the intention that any of the lessons they learned in my classroom would clear a few branches off of their path for them. 
I would feel so happy to shine my light brighter to show the way a little further. I happily accept my intuition to share this information with you as well. It feels like a duty and an honor. Much of what I will share is my expression of universal consciousness. So no matter what I say or how I say it, I speak the language of love and I speak from the heart. And if I am ever not, you can count on me saying that too. I do my best to educate, promote, and facilitate understanding and self-mastery of the human condition. This series will provide you a new lens through which to contemplate the topics of sex and intimacy. I would rate this content PG-13. It is a mature audience topic. However, I would not use age to determine maturity for this topic, (laughs) or any topic for that matter. Young, developing ladies and gentlemen would be greatly served by this information. That said, I will be speaking about the topics of sex and intimacy candidly. Listen to these episodes assuming responsibility and maturity. I would also invite you to listen with an open mind, heart, and being. Honestly, if you are listening this far right now, I simply want to acknowledge you for your commitment to expansion. I try to imagine who each and every one of my listeners are. I wonder about your life and how I get to serve you. I pray for guidance and confidence and trust, just like you, for you, with you, and to serve you. I am honored to present this Sex and Intimacy series as every aspect will impact your life for the better. Thank you for listening to the Hearts Unleashed podcast, where we are turning dreamers into doers. Let's dive in. Welcome back to the Sex and Intimacy series, you guys. I am so excited. This is a interesting episode. Admittedly, I have drugged my feet on recording it because to me, it is a bit of a heavy topic. And as you read in the title, we're talking about consent and non-consent. Um, and it's been an interesting resistance that I'm up against. And I'm even, I, I, I'm asking Chance not to edit it out because I have really been stretching myself professionally and how I want to articulate this information professionally and really take a professional or expert stance on it to be able to share with you, to be able to come to you honestly, authentically, so that it makes a difference for you and um, that it feels not so much that like you have to share it, but this the purpose of talking about this information is that people have access to information that they don't otherwise have access to. And this is really one of those episodes that I'm incredibly passionate about people who have struggled with sexual trauma or sexual abuse have access to. And so if you're someone listening who's dealt with sexual abuse and, um, or you're not all are welcome because you know somebody, if you're not that person, you know, somebody who has been exposed to sexual abuse, dealt with it, um, healed for it, not healed from it, just all sorts of different, um, people land all over the spectrum. And so, like I said, I do ask chance to not edit these, even when I struggle through kind of explaining it, 
uh, to really be able to give it to you like it is. And so we do this as authentic and real as possible. So um, welcome to this episode. It's called My Life is Mine, a conversation about consent and non-consent. And honestly, it may be a bit trigger worthy. And that's why it's a little bit later in this series. I purposely put it, packed it, sandwiched it into the middle because I wanted to kind of prep people to start talking and listening about sex and then dive in. And then also there's much more, even more expansive conversations that are coming down the pipe with this series. You guys, this is the most freaking fun I've been having in my business. I love this podcast. I love this series. Y'all are loving it too. We've had thousands, literally thousands of downloads in the last month and two months. In fact, we've had a thousand downloads in the last two weeks with, and it's really centered around the sex and intimacy series. So I acknowledge you for those of you who are sharing it. For those of you who are new to this, just welcome. I welcome you from the bottom of my heart. It's so great to have you here. Um, And so I actually shared on my sexual history, that's episode 110, where I really open up the series and start by sharing myself. And I shared that I I do not have a background of sexual abuse or sexual trauma personally. And I am I'm so happy and blessed and thankful that that I that I don't. And I want to take a moment to build some trust around this topic with you. Because in this situation, sometimes we don't feel understood by someone like who hasn't been there been there, done that, felt that, gone through that, experienced that. And while I can't directly relate to you, if you're someone who has had to deal with sexual trauma, sexual abuse, and and just whatever way it showed up for you, I really want to begin to build a little bit more trust because as far back as college, I used to support, or I still support both men and women who have come out, they're seeking support, they're healing around this topic. In college, as a junior and a senior, I was an RA, a resident assistant for St. Joseph's College, uh, which is no longer college. That's for a different um, podcast episode. But I was an RA. And so basically, (laughs) I kind of felt like a room mom or a floor mom. And uh, I walked through these steps with some of my girls. And actually, as a collegiate athlete, as a basketball player, having roomed with other athletes and on other teams, really actually firsthand supporting people, women and men through experiences of sexual abuse, rape, molestation, all sorts of different things. And so um, I have very firsthand experience in dealing with it, although I will be very transparent and authentic with you. I've never dealt with that myself on that personal level. Um, But as far as family and friends and loved ones and students and just supporting people. So even as an educator, as a manager, as a consultant and coach, people have come to me about their deepest and darkest sexual histories. And, you know, I've had people in, in my line of work, it's, it's not a shock or doesn't surprise me to work with people who have been traumatized and, or act out sexually, whether they feel like they're addicted to sex or they're afraid of it. Um, they're questioning their sexuality, they're questioning their gender identity. I have supported uh, residents, students, employees, like 
all across the board, family, friends, the, some of the people closest to me through a lot of this stuff. And so I feel incredibly competent, incredibly qualified to have this conversation. And so I just want to continue to build that trust with you that if you're someone who's had that experience, or if you find yourself um, supporting other people in that experience, this episode is going to give you a lot to work with. And so um, I'm going to jump all around a little bit. You may hear my papers flipping, but because <laughs> I am going to take you on the scenic route of this topic. To me, it is much like a diamond that has many facets and it is incredibly different at every angle. Some angles may be more attractive than others, but every angle of a diamond is an angle of a diamond. Okay. So it's a gem, it's a rock, it's a, <laughs> it comes from the earth, it's natural. Some of what I say, this is me, this is my professional opinion, this is, I, I stand by what I say, if it triggers you, I take responsibility for that. If it rubs you the wrong way, if it triggers you and you want to give feedback, you know you can reach out to me, you know I'm open to hearing and you know I'm open to supporting you. And I, I expect some of this information to trigger you and wrestle some stuff up or help you maybe understand someone else who's been through the experience that you didn't understand before. And so I'm going to give you a lot of different places to look. But the reason I kind of want to share that and talk about how we're going to, I'm going to use, I'm going to talk about topics. I don't need to keep prepping, prepping you and prefacing you, but this is a mature audience topic and I'm kind of easing myself into it as we go here too. So I'm just being real with you. Um, but it, it's, I want to dive in and be really real for the whole sex and intimacy series. And, and in all the conversations that I'm talking is because I don't want you to treat the symptom. I want you to be able to cure the disease. You don't have to fix the crisis. You have to extract the root of the problem. So you don't have to sweat the symptom. You have to actually treat the cause of your concerns, right? So rape, sex, molestation, diseases, unplanned pregnancies, there's a lot of symptoms of this root cause, this disconnection that causes such pain, such hurt hurt people, hurt people. This, this is a common conversation here where a lot of unhealed things, when we don't heal our wounds, they have a big impact, right? Because what would drive somebody to rape another person? What would put in someone's mind that sexually traumatizing somebody, um, messing with a child, it just, I mean, you know, the examples can go on and on, but what puts somebody in that state of mind that that's okay, that that's tolerable, that that's acceptable behavior, that that would be wanted, right? And then obviously the other side of it, the impact, the impact of that on that child, on that person, on that adult, um, the way that it causes that person to think about themselves. And then the way that they relate to sex, their relationship to other people, to the other gender, to the same gender. Like, I know that you know how layered this impact can be, right? And so we're going to be diving straight into it. 
cutting through the bullshit, not really tiptoeing around being able to just say the word rape and it not causing complete breakdown, right? And so we are going to take the scenic route because there's a lot to this topic and it's not all just sexual trauma. But I do want to start to give you an opportunity to ease up around the topic, right? So I'm going to flip back over a second because I'm going to start some of the trigger worthy part. I want to jump outside of the topic that we were just on and shift over and explain that I actually named this episode, My Life is Mine, because I heard Tracy Ellis Ross shared at a a woman's empowerment award ceremony where she was being honored. And she's, I I don't, she didn't really make it the center of the the speech, but she kind of rattled off like, my life is mine. And it just stuck because I, I saw how much of my life I was letting, like it belonged to others. It belonged to others' opinions of me and just on and on and on. And in her speech, she was talking about, um, she's explaining being 40 something, unmarried, no kids, and completely in love with herself and her life. Not for that reason, but that was part of her self-love was that she wasn't never felt pressured or not never, but didn't allow herself to feel pressured by people about her age or her marital or relationship status or being a parent or not. Right. And she even jokes about being, she's an actress. And so she jokes about being a TV mom. I heard this at a point where I was 28, 29, unmarried and divorced, no less, uh, no kids, but instead of the way that Tracy was relating to this unmarried, no kids, I was actually feeling guilty and broken and ashamed and embarrassed at that time in my life because it wasn't the way that I had planned my life going. And so her saying that really gave me a chance to settle down into the stage of life that I was in not rushing to be married again or have the kids that I thought I'd already have because I spent a little, quite a bit of time mourning about that. And I still, even in some of my content today, share with you authentically, like there are days I just absolutely fantasize about being a mom. I can't wait to be a mom. I can't wait to be a wife and be doing those things. And it's just, that's, it's not right now. Right. So that's okay too. But I started to own that my life is mine much like the sexual transmutation one, this episode has really been percolating uh, here inside of me for a few minutes. And so um, when I heard Tracy explain my life is mine, I made my own equation for the word consent. And the equation that I made was consent equals ownership, acceptance, release of expectations, self-love, and freedom in that order. I'm going to read it again and kind of add a little bit to it. So consent. Consent is really agreeing, like a mutual agreement. You consent to something, you agree to do it, right? Components of consent is ownership over yourself, your life, what you want, what you don't want what you'll tolerate, what you will not tolerate is full ownership and then acceptance of it and acceptance of yourself because of it, right? 
So if I say like, let's do, I'm going to just use like a easy example is I don't like cigarettes. <laughs> I can't stand them. I, I loathe cigarettes. I don't like spending a lot of energy and hatred like that, but like, I hate cigarettes and I hate, I hate their smell. And I especially hate dating someone that smokes cigarettes. Like it's just, it's such a turnoff to me and the taste of tobacco, the smell of tobacco, especially if you're kissing somebody like I fully own my distaste for cigarettes. I accept that about myself, right? And I actually used to not accept that about myself. I would be at bars that I didn't want to be at because they smelled, my eyes were puffy. I actually used to tell people I was allergic to cigarette smoke. And I, I still do because like, I feel so awful around it and my body reacts to it and I don't enjoy it at all. And so I didn't accept that though fully. And I also didn't own it either before I would be at these bars or I even dated someone who smoked once and I, I hated, I hated it. Every kiss. Is, <laughs> oh, God bless. Okay. So I digress a little bit. And then, so you own something about yourself, you accept it about yourself, and then you release the expectations of others or these like unwritten rules, right? Like you should be okay with it. You don't have to be okay with anything. That's like consent 101. You don't have to agree to do something you don't want to do. In fact, you don't have to agree with something that you don't want to do. And then the next component is self-love. There is so much self-love available inside of practicing consent and non-consent, laying boundaries and being like, "Uh -uh, no, not here. There is so much self-love available. And then right beyond the self-love is all of the freedom, freedom from the opinions of others. And then the results of those opinions, like the actions and reactions, right? I want to go through a little bit of a topic list here. This is the different facets of the diamond where I was mentioning consent and non-consent, okay? And this is where it's not all just sexual. I'm going to go over one more time, ownership, acceptance, release of expectations, self-love, and freedom is my equation for consent. And so when you are able to practice consent in these different areas, you're going to be feeling so fucking empowered. I got to drop a big old F-bomb right there. The amount of freedom, joy, empowerment, play, expression, bliss that is available inside of you practicing consent and non-consent is magic, people. Okay. So let's talk about this. I picked the first topic around marriage, kids, and having multiple kids. Marriage, it is a societal hot topic. It's sexy. It's fun. You know, it's coming out more and more how we are obsessed with weddings, but not marriages. So your consent or non-consent, like, in fact, my ex like consented to marriage, but he didn't mean it, right? Like, and when he broke up with me, he's like, I made a mistake. Like, I don't want to be married. I agreed to it, but I, and I thought I'd get used to it, but I don't want to be married. And I understood him. I understood what he was telling me and I accepted it and I released the expectations and he had probably so lots of self-love and I had to learn self-love and who the hell I was again, but it, it both led us to different levels of freedom, right? 
So marriage is you can consent or non-consent, but society has the expectation, right? It puts that expectation naturally that we should be pairing up because so many people do because we are a gathering type species and that's okay. But if you're not someone who wants to be married, that is okay too. I'm here to tell you, you don't have to consent to anything you don't want to. You don't have to feel pressured, but you have to own it own your decision, accept it, release any expectations around it, outward and inward. Let the self-love flow in and then lean into that freedom. Because a lot of us spend our whole lives in the resistance of opinions and expectations, but we never actually experience the freedom from them. And it takes a lot of inner work to do that and get there but from there you don't like the work kind of ends you get to just you get to enjoy it and will there be triggers of course all good but you're bigger you're better you're more enlightened now right let's move to the next obvious one right marriage then as soon as you get married it's like when's the baby coming when's the baby coming guys I work with people who struggle with infertility. Quit fucking asking newlyweds when their baby's coming. They don't know. They're doing their best. Maybe they don't want them. They're not going to tell you're not going to be the first to know, (laughs) you know, and I know you're being nice and trying to make conversation and you may ask a different way. Hey, are you guys planning to have children? What are some of your guys' career and relationship goals? Like, ask a different question. Get to meet people deeper than the most, like, typical question you could possibly ask. It's kind of like asking a college kid how college is going. Ask them, like, how are you really doing? Ask anybody how are you really doing and get a real answer, not some, like, the weather's good, job, same old, same old. Like, no, no. All right. So if people don't want to have kids, they don't want to have kids. And uh, let me, let's mix this up for real. Let's not go in order. If you want to have kids, have the dang kids. If you want to have kids on your own, you want to adopt, you want to foster, like own, accept your choices, release the expectations, love yourself for what you want. And in fact, on my website, on abigailgaza.com, you can go check out on the shop tab. There is a training called Soul Goals. It's 11 bucks. It's a 30-minute training all about how to set goals from your soul, not from your ego. And so all these different... I'm Right now, I'm talking about marriage, kids, and multiple kids, right? But it's just around... We've been chasing things that we think we want because we've been trained to believe that those are the, the right things to do, the good things to do, the, the timeline to do them. And none of that is necessary. And we've been, enough people have been speaking up in the age of awakening and the age of information in the social media world where we can connect quickly, easily, and authentically is that marriage isn't for everybody. Kids aren't for everybody. You don't have to have them. You can, and like, contraception is available, very easily available. And then stop asking couples and parents about having multiple children. 
you don't know what they want, get to know them on a deeper level that you could probably figure out that answer. (laughs) When you're practicing your new boundaries, guys, and you're coming out and you're truly unleashing your heart about stuff, you have to be the one who sets those boundaries, expectations, standards, and conditions of satisfaction. So you got to speak your truth. You got to practice your own levels of consent and non-consent for people to really respect you where you are. You teach people how to treat you. And so if you're consenting, you're giving your consent to things that you don't actually want to do, you're the victim. You're the problem and the victim. And I'm I'm saying that really harsh because I want it to wake you up. I want it to trigger you is quit agreeing to shit that you don't want to do to please people or to not experience your own fears, fear of rejection, fear of judgment, fear of whatever, fear of someone else's opinion, because you fall a victim and you blame other people for shit, your unhappiness, and it's yours. Consent is your responsibility. Okay. I'm, I'm serious about this topic, man. <laughs> All right. So I want to shift over to sexual orientation and gender identification. I'm not going to roll them into one exactly, but I do want to talk about these because for the last generation, these are still a bit sexual orientation, not so much, but gender identification is pretty new to the last generation and we're beginning to open it up. But, you know, it was really great at a networking luncheon the other day, I heard a mom who was talking about uh, her daughter has another student in class who does not is qualifies as uh, gender fluid, meaning they don't identify as male or female. And this is in first grade. And so they're giving this child the opportunity to kind of choose or sway or whatever. And the classmates are respective of it. And the other parents are being trained on how to talk and teach and treat and act and react. And so it's a really open conversation. And this is all around consent, clearly stating your boundaries and your preferences. So with sexual orientation, right? Before someone comes out, there's so much pressure to either fit in or not want to um, disrupt other people's perception of them. So there's this whole like right, wrong, good, bad thing that is based in morality. So morality is like ethics and it's about having a code of ethics or a belief system about what is good and bad and right and wrong. And so sexual orientation, um, sexual preferences, uh, kinks and just different things of that nature people are afraid to really share and be open about it. And therefore they're consenting to be in maybe, let's say you're homosexual and then you consent to be in heterosexual relationships. This was so common for the last generation where gay men would marry women just to not deal with the repercussions or the judgment or um, any criticisms, or what's the other one? Discrimination is the word I was looking for, um, about being homosexual, right? So they would actually consent to marriage with that they weren't authentic about, that they weren't passionate about, and it's really going against your authentic self. And if that if you felt more at choice and more open and more empowered, you would actually 
consent to something different. You would choose something different. And so it's really an opportunity to continue to choose, know, own, love, and share yourself more authentically. And then consent is very natural from there. All right. Gender identification, same thing. And this is an interesting topic and I absolutely love it because it goes with sexual orientation as well. Many times the people who are coming out and sharing, hey, I'm, I was born a female, but I really identify as a male or I'd prefer to be called this name or whatever it may be, they're navigating it too, you guys. They're figuring their shit out too. They don't need your opinion about it. They have enough of their own opinions about it. <laughs> and it's a scary fucking thing. Our generation, the millennial generation, we're the true pivotal generation where we started to accept that. And then the next generation, it's practically just becoming so normalized. So it's, it's all good. But really, it's still a bit of a taboo topic about people who want to change their physical makeup or their, you know, take hormones that then shift who they are and how they identify. Understanding the psychological work that someone has to do to make that decision and follow through on it. My invitation is to start practicing just a bit more compassion and curiosity with people that you notice are going through this shift or people that are coming out about their sexual orientation is to genuinely practice curiosity um, and understand that they may not have their own answers. It's okay and it's safe, but opening a conversation with somebody is like, hey, are you cool talking about this? I'd love to know more and I'd, I'd love to support you in what you're going through. In the area of consent, when it comes to gender identification, people are sharing and, and then also um, people who are going through gender transition, consenting to what type of relationship they actually are in, right? Would they identify as homosexual or heterosexual in that case? And having those conversations and then obviously being fully authentic when getting into a relationship when transgender so that everyone's on the same page and we can start to really understand each other as opposed to be nervous or scared or timid about just opening up these conversations. And then same thing around sexual activity, sexual preference, right? A fun one, like talking about nudity or talking about um, some people prefer to have threesomes like or polygamy and polyamory. Those are just different sexual preferences and also relationship preferences. It's to each their own, you guys, to each their own. And I do understand and respect that uh, certain religions have certain you know, ethical and moral standpoints, um, that it's allowed every, it's all allowed, but the conversation of hearts unleashed and something that I am committed to is that no matter what your background is, that you can truly see everybody as a brother and a sister going through something, growing through something. And that truly to solve the world's problems, love, is necessary. We are not going to solve anything with hate or blame or shame or judgment or criticism. There's the constructive criticism all for it, but truly I'm talking about the judgment and that harsh 
cynic criticism. And so for whatever people are up to, everything has its purpose and everything has its place. Even the stuff like, you know, porn is probably the best example is it feels a little bit taboo or it feels kind of, the word I want to use is like raunchy. And I've actually seen really classy porn, (laughs) but there's like the, the human body is beautiful and sensual sexual activity is beautiful. And so is some raunchy sexual activity. It can be beautiful, but you know, the one thing that'll always stand by is health, right? Like practicing safe sex, not being irresponsible, not getting into weird shit that is gonna, cause like you can do that. You can party, you can have fun. You can be like, um, you know, again, irresponsible. I want to say goofy about stuff, but you can get ill. You can catch something you can't get rid of. It can impact your future children. So obviously practicing um, safety, hygiene, responsibility, I always encourage that. But I also too do encourage exploring yourself sexually, um, tantric sexual activity, like very intentional and expansive sexual activity can be so beneficial for your mental health and for your clarity and for your personal self-actualization. Doing that for myself really helped me understand my bisexuality and that, um, you know, being attracted to women is okay. And I remember, you know, I'm going to say hooking up, but I remember having a sexual experience with a woman and like telling her, you know, it's so interesting how for my whole life, I felt like I had to look away from staring at women or if I was attracted to a woman, I would like intentionally not stare. And for the first time in my life, because I put myself into a situation where it was okay, because we both consented, hello, is I was able to stare at a woman naked and not be embarrassed, not feel scared, but just observe and be in present in the situation. And it was very cool. It was very expansive. And like leaving that situation, I knew myself on such a whole new level to where I kind of had this attitude, can't nobody tell me who I am. Like, I know myself so well now. (laughs) It was beautiful. It impacted the growth in my business, my growth as a woman, in other relationships and friendships. And then also not getting so thrown off by things. Like I don't take things so personally anymore. And I just feel, feel very unfazed by a lot of stuff at the place I am in my life. And it's because I know what I consent to and what I don't consent to, what I will tolerate and what I want to put up boundaries around. And so actually one of the last ones is body positivity, normalizing body positivity, normalizing um, the body that you're in and I was sharing in a live the other day how the body that you have has been with you for your whole life. The body you have came out of your mama's womb. You have had these hands for your whole life. And even if you're missing one or you're missing both, like you've had this body and it has been the home of your spirit self, your energetic self for your whole life. It's time you start loving this body. Give yourself consent to love and observe your own body. My goodness. 
It's okay to do that. And so by exploring yourself sexually, by exploring your orientation, your gender identification, um, exploring it also leads to the ownership, the acceptance, the release of expectations. And you know what else, as I mentioned, it also releases the not self version of you. Meaning, as I was mentioning, like when you're, you know, exploring sexual orientation and before you come out of the closet, like your, your not self is identifying as heterosexual or whatever it may be. The, another one is like, you may be pretending you're some star student when in fact you couldn't give a shit about school, but you think it's what validates your worth, right? So you couldn't give a hoot about school or succeeding or um, whatever, but you know, it's getting you where you're going, or you think like your parents are making you go through school or whatever, whatever, whatever. There's things you were doing that you did not really consent to. You would do them, but when you're not really truly at consent, you're then resentful and very resigned about what you're doing. You're not passionate. Your, your soul is slowly slipping away, right? Like just crushed under layers of stuff you don't want to be doing. And so it's time to start exploring yourself and loving yourself so that you can truly own, accept, and share yourself. And then from there comes all that self-love. And beyond that is the freedom. Now, beyond that is celebration. Self-celebration is so much fun. Now, the conversation I've been having so far is about yourself, knowing yourself, owning yourself, sharing yourself, right? And the journey for the journey to know yourself is really to be done for yourself by yourself, not alone, but truly on your own. Okay. Meaning you can hire a coach, you can hire a guru, you can go to church, you can talk to your pastor, you can talk to your therapist, but this journey is yours. And so you have to start being more real with yourself. In order to know what you truly want to agree and not agree to, you have to know yourself and no one can tell you who you are. They can do their best to help you peel away the layers of the not self. But unless you're willing to unleash her in him, we'll never meet them. We will never meet the soul of who you are if you're not willing to go there for yourself. Now, the the piece I want to bring into that is others, coaches, healers, therapists, friends, family, church, wherever, others are for integration of what you're learning about yourself. Others are for integration. So you are on your path alone and people will join you on and off that path throughout your life. Whoever comes, let them come. Whoever goes, let them go. It's all okay. Whoever, like you come here alone, you're leaving alone. They are too. Whenever someone leaves, whether it's through breakup, divorce, death, departure, whatever it's meant to be at that time because they are helping you integrate the lessons that you, in fact, are learning on your own. Now, 
I would love to begin to talk a little bit about the trauma of sexual abuse, rape, molestation, because in this journey, especially in this episode, I've been talking about learning, owning, loving, sharing yourself a lot. And something that's happened for myself directly is the more that I've opened up and expressed myself naturally and sexually and physically. For example, I'm I'm very much a nudist and I love not wearing clothing. Half the time I'm recording these podcasts naked, not tonight, but, (laughs) um, you know, just I I record IG stories naked constantly because I, I love my body. However, this has come through all of the giving myself consent to like what I like, love what I love, do what I do, be who I am. But I want to share that open for expression does not equal open for business. Open for expression does not equal open for business. I want you to hear this inward and outward, meaning if you are expressing yourself more, know that you can put up the walls to other people that say, yes, I'm expressing myself, but that doesn't mean I'm available. I used to get asked out all the time and it would be like, like if you go out or whatever and someone say, are you single? And the answer to that is yes. And I would say, yes, I'm single, but I'm not available. And I would get so much shitty attitude from men back. Now, this was before I um, really learned how to elaborate on that. But they'd be like, what you mean you ain't available? Like, who are you trying to tell? If you're single, you're available. And those aren't the same thing, right? So open for expression is not open for business. If a woman loves to dress sexy, hell, if a man loves to dress sexy, he can be open for expression. That doesn't make them open for business. Got it? Good. All right. And so you're allowed to flex that. And then the other way around, if you see somebody expressing themselves, it's very attractive, isn't it? When someone is fully themselves and they're radiant and they're sharing openly, you kind of go to them like a bug to a lamp, but that doesn't mean they are open for business. There's healthy ways to approach that, but really it's to communicate your own attraction. Hey, I'm really attracted to you. I love the way that you this, that, or the other. It's basically an acknowledgement of their authenticity as opposed to going straight in for the kill. Like, hey, mama, send me some nudes back. Like, or you want to see me naked? Like, oh God, you guys, as I come out as the nudist more and more, I get people hitting me up on them DMs. Like, oh, I'll show you some of mine. You show me some of yours. Like, fuck off. Open for expression is not open for business, right? And so on a college campus, if girls are dressing cute, getting going out there, I remember talking to my my girls, I want to say students, but my floor uh, ladies, and I would, I the, one of the first things I taught them in school, um, I had like these, a floor meeting, and I said, you want to use the buddy system. When you're learning, especially, man, I don't know if I have how many college kids I have listening in here, but if I can make a difference for you today or students in general, people in general, shit, girls, ladies, gentlemen, don't go out alone. <laughs> um, and I do it all the time. I, I love exploring, but like, I remember talking to those girls and I said, you have to just be careful, especially if you're open for expression. What systems do you have in place to protect yourself and to just 
be safe. It's the same as exploring your sexual activity. Be safe, be responsible, do things that are going to protect you while you're still also expanding yourself, right? And so use the buddy system if you have to. Um, set up boundaries, communicate directly. Saying no and having boundaries is consent, okay? It's so, so important. I want to um, offer, I'm going to flip over a couple pages and I want to begin to wrap up this episode, but I do want to talk about healing from sexual trauma as well, because this is, this is a conversation where someone did not ask you for consent. They took advantage of you or, you know, a loved one. So I want you to kind of put yourself in that position and be able to empathize no matter who when, where, and how the trauma was caused, it is now your responsibility to heal it. That person may get served justice or not. That person may die and you never get to heal or complete with them. It may have been a parent, a sibling, someone you trusted, a classmate, a teammate, a roommate, and it's not your fault. It's not your fault, but it is your responsibility to heal. And you can stay where you are. You can stay where you are in your resentment and your hatred and your upset and your that lack of self-worth and that self-hatred. You can stay there, but you can stay sick hurt, scared, ashamed, all of it. And I'm inviting you out of it. I want to begin to ease it up a bit and give you some opportunities to shift your heart and mind around it. And it's much like the conversation about the sex and intimacy period. I I started this series so that we can begin to make this conversation lighter even playful, and even around the topic of rape, molestation, sexual abuse, sexual trauma, it is only as intense as you make it. Now, before you unfan me, unfriend me, just stay here with me and hear me out. I have seen people. I have coached people. I have helped people heal from sexual trauma. It is possible. And what I want you to look at honestly is if you are willing to heal. Because if you are holding on to it, you get something out of it. What do you get out of holding on to your trauma? Because if you crave freedom the way you say you do, if you want to live your heart unleashed the way you say you do, the reason you listen in to every damn episode, then my invitation is to let go of it. It may get you something, but you know it doesn't serve you in your fullest life and your fullest self. And the reason I want to say it's only as intense as you make it is because you can drop it. The same way that something can be physically heavy for one person and not another Something can be emotionally heavy for somebody and not another. This is, again, trigger-worthy. And I don't know how I would act or react in this scenario. 
So I have to take responsibility for that. But in the case that I were raped tonight, tomorrow, whatever, I would know to plug in to the healing and support structures available to me to begin that healing work, no matter how painful. I would not let that control me. And my invitation is to not let it control you anymore if it does. You can get your life and your worth back. I have witnessed it. I have witnessed a woman molested by her father heal in a letter, a written letter to her deceased father, like pure magic. And what has come of her life because of it, I can't make it up. It's available to you. You must choose to want to heal more than you choose that you want to suffer. And I want to ease up for a second. I know that you don't choose it consciously. It's subconscious. Because a lot of times when things like that happen, we feel like we caused it. We feel like we're at fault. And so we hold on to it as a form of self-punishment. I know that this is a sensitive topic, but it's incredibly relatable to other topics. We hold ourselves responsible and we punish ourselves for tons of things. This is just happens to be a, a sensitive topic that not a lot of people talk about. Okay. But I want you to let any pain bubble up, any triggers bubble up and know that you are safe right here, right now in this conversation. Your look around your life, whether you're in the car, you're at the gym, you're, you know, at home listening, wherever you are listening, that threat is not here right now. You're safe. Whatever that threat is, it's over. It happened in the past. It is not still happening to you. The only place that it is still happening to you is in your mind, is in your memory. And you replaying it is, number one, is just sign of an unhealed wound, okay? And two, replaying it and replaying it is perpetuating it. And I'm sure it leaks into your life. You've got to look at where this repetitive thought leaks into your life, how it impacts your work your relationships, your friendships, your career, your family, your finances, your joy, where you live, how you live, how you feel about your body. How much longer are you going to let it impact you? And when are you going to take your life back? When are you going to take the lead on your life? Because giving away that power to that situation is a power leak that will maintain control over you. And so I'm here recording to help you heal that. Stay in the conversation. Message me. Let me know how I can support you. And listen, as a coach, it is within my code of ethics that if you reach out to me and you're still in a space of professional healing with a medical professional, I will direct you in the proper direction. I will let you know what stage of transformation and healing you're in and tell you what the best source is going to be. I am here for you. I'm also here for you being able to provide consent and non-consent for yourself. You know, I get really stingy about the coaching industry and the way that it perpetuates you feeling um, broken or unhealed or not good enough because it, we get to make money off of your insecurities. My commitment to you is that like, 
I remember from the beginning of my business, I would tell new clients and other coaches like, what the hell are you doing? I would tell clients, my job is to put myself out of business with you. I don't want you coming back to me until it's time to launch the next thing, right? My commitment to you is that you are a healed, whole, complete, loving person who is present to the God in you, present to the universal intelligence in you, present to the fact that you are those things. You are wonderful, perfect, whole, and complete. Hanging on to any memory that tells you otherwise is self-deprecation and you can heal. And I want to give you the hope and the tools to move beyond the trauma that you have encountered. And you can, you totally can. If you have questions, if you want support, if you need resources, please reach out because truly, as I said, again, I'm going to repeat it. I don't want to treat the symptom. I want to help you cure the disease. I don't want to fix the crisis. I'm not going to fix your crisis. We are going to extract the root of the problem that keeps crises, crises showing up in your life. So don't sweat the symptoms. Look at the cause for concern. If you uproot those, and you, you basically you take those thorns out of your side, then the wound caused by the thorn can heal and you won't have that problem anymore. You guys, I love you. This episode, it's gotta be long. I don't know where, but as you can tell, we've covered many different facets. Your life is yours. It's time to take it back. I love you. Thank you so much for tuning into the Hearts Unleashed podcast. We are turning dreamers into doers. The Hearts Unleashed podcast is proudly supported by I'm Hearing Stories, an audiobook publisher and producer. Audiobooks are a fun, entertaining, and leading-edge way to break into new markets and spread your story like a wildfire. If you're an author, coach, speaker, or entrepreneur, it can exponentially enhance your credibility in your field and make you quickly relatable. Okay, so good news. I'm Hearing Stories has helped authors like our Hearts Unleashed creator, Abigail Gazda, turn that dream into a reality. And they can help you too. With I'm Hearing Stories, you get expert guidance to walk you through the murky waters of this process. So here's your inspired action. Click the link below or go to imhearingstories.com and turn your dream of having an audiobook into a reality. 